Hello and welcome to the Inspiring Women Wales podcast brought to you by NatWest Cymru and the University of South Wales. I'm Gemma Casey, NatWest Cymru's Ecosystem Manager for Wales. More women than ever are starting new businesses and for the first time women are starting businesses at a faster rate than men. While this is great news, we also know that male-led businesses are far more likely to scale up. So what can we do to make sure that female-led businesses reach their true potential? Well, one thing is to make sure that women have great role models. And with this podcast, we're bringing you the stories of brilliant female founders of Welsh businesses who have faced the challenges of business life head on. We aim to bring you stories you can relate to, stories to inspire you and give you the confidence to move forward with your business dreams. With me for this episode is Valerie Crusela, co-founder of Gork & Co. Hi, Valerie. Hello, Gemma. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, Valerie, tell me a little bit about Gork & Co. What is it? Gork & Co. is a food manufacturing business Um we have been established since 2013, so nine years this year. We specialize in uh, chili-based products, uh, which are mainly sauces. We do jams, chutneys, and uh, we've been inspired by our, our African heritage and our upbringing. So that's where our products do come from or are inspired from. Oh, fantastic. And I'm intrigued by the name. Tell me where the name Gorkhan Co. came from. It's very, very interesting. Um, Gok is pronounced Gotch in Shona, which is uh, a slang for barbecue. So we've always said Gotch at home. We were having a Gotch, Gotch with family coming over. And when we found out the same name, the same slang word for Shona, for Gotch, for barbecue, is red in Welsh. So we thought, wow, vibrance, red, Welsh, and our heritage, it just worked well. And then we said, and company. The company is mainly family, friends. And, and now it's everybody, includes everybody who buys and loves our sources and our products as well. So that's where the name came from. Oh, that's a lovely reason to, to name a business, uh, which I know is one of the trickiest things is finding a name for it. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the journey to starting up Gork & Co. Um, tell me about uh, how long you've been in the UK uh, and uh, how you got to the point of launching the business. I I came to the UK um, a very long time ago um, and I was uh, going to university. I went to university and I studied um, management, uh, business management with uh, a majoring in, in accountancy. And I, I studied that for a while. Then I did my PGC. And then I just thought, well, after doing so much and doing my professional qualification in, fun, in accountancy, I was just inspired to carry on doing what we we're doing with the Gok company because we used to have a lot of barbecues at home and family and friends used to come over and they say, oh, why don't you try these products, you know, on the market? And we went to one event one weekend in 2013. That was the first time I actually did an event. And it was a three-day event and we sold everything everything on the first day. So we said, oh, we must be onto something. And we love doing what we do. We, we, we're great cooks. We cook everything from fresh at home. And our children just love what we do as well. So it's just something we just thought, well, it'll make a, a great business idea. And, and then we just formed it into business established in 2013. And here we are. So what products have you got at the moment? Initially, we started with four, but we've got 23 products now. Wow. 
but we've got three main ranges. So we've got chutneys and uh, marmalades So we, we call our sweet savory range. And then we've got our sauces and then we've got uh, chili flavored oils. Everything is made from fresh ingredients. There are no artificial additives and it's made with lots of, lots of love. So our motto really is, it's all about flavor. So it's not just about the the heat and it's all about flavor, enhancing food, making that experience of eating enjoyable for everybody. That's what it's about. And tell me about those early days, Valerie. So clearly you were making these recipes uh, from, from family recipes at home, but then you decided to scale up and make enough product to take to uh, a a show, which uh, I know you say you sold out almost instantly in a few hours. What was the step change like from cooking for family and friends to actually cooking for consumers? It was a a very interesting uh, experience because coming from a finance background and going into food, I wasn't aware of the requirements. Food was just a a can of worms for me. Uh, There was so much to learn. There was so much to do obviously registering the business and then the food hygiene, having products tested uh, to, you know, shelf life and, you know, all that process. It took some time. But what actually happened is we, we couldn't cope with having the sources, obviously, at home. We're just piling up with boxes and and orders were coming through, uh, online orders, and we were selling quite quite a few products at the time. So we just thought we need a manufacturing unit somewhere. We need to move away from where we are. So we looked for um, a, a producer in Wales um, uh, who could actually co-pack for us. So we're looking for a co-packer. But unfortunately, that relationship didn't work out because the first trial we had, uh, the pro- pro- products didn't have the same flavors. So we just thought because we were wanting to have our products to have the same quality and the same flavors to be consistent, we decided to invest in the business ourselves. So we started with a startup loan. And with that, with the support of uh, the Welsh government and um, NetWest, NetWest uh, Bank as well, um, we managed to pull some resources together and we acquired a unit and we started buying um, equipment, started with lease, some were, were leasing some of the equipment, but the others were actually bought outright. And then from there, we just started using the, pro- the pre- premises as we required for the business itself. And that's how we started, really. So now we can, we've got great capacity and we have that manufacturing unit and we've got a couple of offices and a, a good team of staff now that help and support the business. Now, NatWest has done uh, significant research on women in business. Uh, our CEO, Alison Rose, in 2019 wrote the Rose Review of Female Entrepreneurship, which was commissioned by the Treasury. And that research has been updated every year since. And one of the things that we find is that uh, very often women tell us that they feel that they don't have the skills to go into business um, or they don't have the confidence. Um, and also that women tend to be quite risk averse when it comes to taking on finance for, for business. Tell me a little bit about how you felt at that stage. So going from what was essentially, I suppose, a passion project to actually investing in something that was, I guess, a bit of a gamble. Yes. What were you feeling at that time? How did you go about it and uh, how did you feel about it? I was unsure <laughs> to start because we weren't too sure how we were going to source mon- uh, the finances we need. And and having the accountancy background that I had and the business experience that I've had, I know small businesses do struggle to secure finance 
and as a new business with that, that credit history, that uh, that trading history, it would have been a challenge. Um, I was nervous, unsure, but I just thought I was pretty confident as long as we could present our case in a way that it could be feasible for anyone to see what we were aiming to achieve. So I approached without thinking twice about it. We know this will work. We were confident that our business would work. We were confident that our products were really good quality. And obviously, we, we just thought the best way is just to go for it. So we had advice, obviously, from NetWest. And um, we had other advisors as well from Business Wales. And they came on board and they helped us um plan things out to become investor ready in a way uh, to start the business. So that's how we started. And we also invested our own finances, our own, we, we, we put loans into the business. So we have put vehicles into it, um, IT equipment into it. And uh, we, 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 we well, sacrificed a lot of our time as well. So to make sure the business could be established and work well. So that's where the financing elements was drawn from. And you mentioned uh, that you are an accountant by background, and you've mentioned there that those skills came in very handy, especially when you were looking to to put together the, the financial case for this. For people who are going into small business who who aren't accountants, um, are there any sort of uh, tips and tricks that you've got that you use um, drawing on your accountancy background that, that other people can use when they're going into business to keep an eye on that all important bottom line? The cash flow of every business is vital, is the life life lifeblood of every business. So having that understanding of all the activities the business has to go under to produce products or deliver services is very key. So doing like a business profiling modeling of uh, from the time you, you you actually procure your ingredients to the time you sell and understanding all the activities involved and costed them correctly. Because sometimes what small businesses will do is they'll say, well, I'll go to an event, for example, and um, as long as they cover the cost of the event, for example, or and they feel that's sufficient, that's not sufficient because there are other costs that are underlying that you need to consider. There is some cost element in your products. There's some cost element in your services. So you have to have like some sort of formulation to say, for example, what we use in our business, we say, if it's an event, we multiply that maybe by five. And that's how much we need to take for us to break even. Anything we make above that is profit. So if a business is pro- is producing products or going to events and they're not making almost like four to five times the amount of they've invested, the profitability may be questionable, but it's understanding those costs and finding ways of cutting them, you know, cutting costs in, at every opportunity, working collaboratively with other businesses. Networking is really key. So if you network with other businesses, you might find the other ways of cutting corners or, you know, saving, making, creating those savings that are really key to the business. And you talk there, uh, Valerie, about collaboration and networking. So these themes have come up time and again on this podcast. And when we work with small businesses at NatWest, um, they are things that we talk a lot about. Uh, You're currently part of the NatWest Entrepreneur Accelerator Programme. And uh, collaboration and community is a really big part of that, along with peer-to-peer support. 
What would you say you've got out of being a part of a program that's designed to help scale up businesses go to the next level? Why do you think it's important that businesses look to engage in that kind of activity? I found the accelerator program very beneficial for our business because it exposed us to experts in the business, businesses that are actually like-minded. So with the food and drink industry, there's some areas that we, we're not quite confident in because we were considering as well with co-packing for our business, food contract packing. And that's a very almost guarded industry, if that makes sense. But you tend to find that with the Networks Accelerator, there were businesses on the program that would tell you or advise you or work collaboratively with you. So I can help you to the next stage to do the particular thing that you need to do to move up and scale your business up. But I found the collaborative, the, the events that they hold, having other businesses coming to speak to us, you know, at these events that, that are actually organized by NetWest were really great because we tend to understand that I'm not the only one having a particular struggle. You know, there's so many other businesses in there that are going through the same thing as I am and understanding how your business as a whole can actually modify itself. If that makes a change, make changes that are, are relevant to you, not generic. Because sometimes when we attend certain events, for example, other than just network, other events, they might be just generic, but Network Accelerator Program was specific and it addressed the, my needs for my businesses. And that's why I would recommend it for any small business to, to actually participate is very beneficial. Yeah, well, entrepreneurship can be quite a lonely place, can't it? So I think that the power of bringing businesses together and making sure that business people, whether they're starting out or scaling out, aren't doing it alone is, is really absolutely key. Um, University of South Wales um, runs the Developing Entrepreneurial Women Programme for women who are starting out. So these communities are there around Wales. And uh, I think you're a great example of, uh, of where those kind of communities can take you. Um, Valerie, I want to uh, pick up on um, when you were talking about the growth of the business. So you mentioned that you you quite quickly moved from uh, kitchen table to taking on a unit uh, and and the machinery and the, the the vehicles that come with that. Tell me a little bit about the size of the team that you've got at Gork and Co now. At the moment, we started with my husband and myself starting the business. Um, and then we decided, well, if we're going to do everything, it's not going to be possible. As you know, being a small business, you do start small, but we decided because we wanted to grow and do a lot of events, we got on um, a team of about 10 people that come occasionally and they work seasonally for us and they do various events for us. And then we have um, a four members of staff who are permanent that support the business. So in, in, in total, there were six of us here. And tell me about how you've developed and maintained a culture, because clearly this this firm is based on um, the heritage of your heritage and your uh, husband's family's heritage and the recipes. So it's very personal to you and your family. How do you go about keeping that when you start bringing outsiders into the team? We have a culture of flexibility. We like working with people who have the same passion as we we do people who want to grow with the business and understand where we started, understand where we want to go. 
So we, we, we like like-minded uh, people to work with us and um, the team we have, they understand that we are wanting to grow the business. There's a possibility that they might need to step up or step down. So you can be from making your lovely cups of teas to someone who's actually dealing with the particular issue that is strategic to the business. So we, we try to be flexible so that everybody can take active roles. On the decision-making side of things, everybody's involved. So we've got this policy where everybody has a say um, and their opinion, and we, we work as a team. Where there is evidence that we need to do something that is crucial to the business, and um, even though the team might disagree, we need to present that evidence in a way that they can understand where we're coming from. So it's communicating effectively. Um, and... Um, I, I believe my background as well, working in the corporate world, private and public sector organizations, it's that communication from board members to the apprentice helped quite significantly in, in us in, being able to engage with everybody who comes on the board because everyone's got different backgrounds. We work with uh, fam people who've got young families as well. So they come on board and they'll probably work days that they need to work. And we plan ahead because it's really, resource planning is really key for us. So we tend to plan way ahead so that we know where we are. And if we need someone to step in, then we can step in. Um, that's how we actually work. And that's our culture, basically. It's interesting what you said there about the um, lessons that you've brought from the corporate world around communications. Um, so... Very often, as I said earlier, we hear from women that they feel they don't have the skills necessary to start a business. And importantly, this is an actual perception that they've got rather than a real skills gap. So is women feeling that they, they don't have the right skills for business? But what you've said there suggests that actually, no matter what role you're coming from, if you're thinking of starting a business in a totally different area... It's important, isn't it, to recognize that you will have skills that you can bring to that. And it could it could even be the skills that you use within your own family. Um, I mean, we've spoken before, Valerie, about, uh, you know, how, how hard it is to juggle having young children um, and a career. But even that brings skills with it, doesn't it? Indeed. Yes, it does. Everybody's got skills. No one can come on to any business and say, I don't know you. Everyone has something to bring. You mentioned young family. I've got a young family of three boys and they're very different ages and they've got different needs. And obviously you dealing with a teenager is different needs and different way of approaching that particular individual, if that makes sense. And then the younger ones uh, are more demanding. So you do get a range. I mean, I, I'm not comparing my stuff, God forbid, uh, to uh, to my toddlers and my, my, my children, but I'm just saying that everybody is different. And those transferable skills, that you, you bring them to any any situation, negotiation, being able to negotiate, being able to, to stand up and explain why you want something to go a particular way. So I, I do definitely agree, Gemma, that everybody has something to bring. And Valerie, what's the future for Gork & Co? What are your plans? What's your vision? We are hoping to continue on our growth uh, journey. Uh, we have um, new products coming on board, um, which will hopefully diversify our offering, our product offering, and that should help us target certain markets that we, we want to work with. Um, we've been working more towards wholesale, um, international 
trade as well. We've um, uh, secured uh, arrangements with a couple of international uh, wholesalers. So we want to grow the business um, um, and uh, sell to a wider audience, um, but predominantly in the United Kingdom, Europe, and uh, America, Australia. That's, those are our main markets that we're actually aiming for at the moment. Mm, exciting times. Um, now, you talked about this uh, business starting from a passion, a family passion. If someone's listening to this and they've got a passion or a hobby or a real interest, um, it might be it might be baking or cooking or it might be crafting or, or whatever else, but it's not their main job at the moment. What would your one message be to those about how you can make the leap into making that passion your, your full-time enterprise? I think if you believe it, you can. As long as you've got a good product and a good service and you believe that that is required, there's a gap in the market. If you identify that niche market and you make your products represent the quality and the what you actually set out to actually deliver, then you should go for it. That's lovely. Really wise words there, Valerie. Thank you. Uh, We're out of time. If you'd like to hear further episodes of Inspiring Women Wales, then please subscribe. Thanks for listening and huge thanks to my guest, Valerie Crusela, co-founder of Gork & Co. To find out more about this podcast and how USW Exchange can connect your organisation to the skills, expertise and facilities at the University of South Wales, visit southwales.ac.uk forward slash business. For more on NatWest support for small businesses, search NatWest Business Services.